Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Go Bold. My name is Jody Atariwala and I'm your host. Today's episode is one that I am truly excited about. My guest is Mr. John Hillman, who was born on March 18th, 1919, and that makes him 103 years old. Mr. Hillman was born in Newport, South Wales. He is a British citizen, and he has been living in Canada for the past 22 years. At 103 years old, Mr. Hillman is a veteran of World War II, having served as a wireless operator with the Royal Air Force between 1937 and 1949, where he earned medals of recognition for service in four wartime campaign areas, they being France, North Africa, Italy, and Burma. Mr. Hillman is an absolute inspiration. Not only does he have a positive attitude for life, but at 103 years old, he continues to be a valued member of the community, and he's currently focused on raising money for a children's charity, which, let's face it, at 103 years old, to have a goal and try to inspire others in doing so. Um, boy, Mr. Hillman is just awesome. So starting on May 2nd, Mr. Hillman has started to walk 10 laps a day to reach a minimum of 103 laps with a goal of raising $103,000. All funds will support Save the Children's Humanitarian Response in conflict zones, including Ukraine. The money goes to protecting children and families at the greatest risk. So I would encourage all of our listeners to please listen to this podcast. I hope you come away with some inspiration, some enthusiasm for life. Uh, as John says, just don't give up, which I think is great, great advice for any of us. But I also encourage any of our listeners, if they have the ability, please support John. Uh, you will see the donation link in our podcast uh, notes. We want to help him reach $103,000 for this year. We want to help him reach more than that. And I really hope you enjoy this chat. It was a true honor to meet Mr. Hillman, and I'm looking forward to doing anything I can to help support him in his wonderful goal. And I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Cubic Mission and Performance Solutions, for their wonderful partnership in this podcast. This episode serves to preserve history. You'll hear a little bit about what Mr. Hillman did during World War II in all the different campaigns he was in. And Cubic is enabling us to preserve that history so people in years to follow will be able to know what people went through during the Great Wars. So thank you to Cubic and uh, thank you again to Mr. Hillman for sharing his story. So thanks everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special episode of Go Bold. I am very privileged to have today as a guest, Mr. John Hillman. Mr. Hillman served with the Royal Air Force and he's currently residing in Victoria, British Columbia. And Mr. Hillman, uh, being a veteran of World War II, is also a centenarian. 
uh, the first centenarian I've ever had the pleasure to meet. And this year, 2022, will mark his 103rd birthday. So I am very, very privileged to have this opportunity to chat with Mr. Hillman, uh, who is also doing a wonderful, um, he has a wonderful effort underway. It's now two years ongoing where he's trying to raise money for children. And we'll get into that in due course. Uh, but I encourage everybody that hears this to dig deep, uh, perhaps if you have the means, help support Mr. Hillman in his efforts. So without further ado, Mr. Hillman, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here with you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So tell me, tell me a little bit about your past, John. You, you were born in Wales. Uh, I was born in Wales, yes. And uh, uh, yeah, in 1919. So it's quite a privilege to be around at the moment. <laughs> um, yes, I was born into a normal Welsh family. Uh, I had uh, one brother and I had uh, three sisters. Uh, my, my father and my brother lived in the mid-80s. My mother, unfortunately, died in the 70s. But uh, my three sisters all managed to live over 90. Fantastic. And uh, they took good care of me, and because I came along uh, quite late in the in the in the sequence. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Unfortunately, I I came in a, in a, in a wrong, uh, an awkward time because um, the part of my life was in the um, global de depression. Sure. Right. And of course, um, I had to uh, I had to go and and, and uh, take examinations to go through schooling. Mm -hmm. I managed to get, get a high school. Uh, but uh, my father was a builder and he went bankrupt in the depression and um, he couldn't afford to put me to any trade. So uh, well, I, I left the high school at 17 and I decided I, I, I fancied the Air Force. <laughs> Excellent. I, I do too. <laughs> yes, I, I persuaded my father to sign me my to sign my documents that um, I, I I had his permission. Um, a lot of people uh, tried to persuade me to go to the navy. The, the, the reason was because my mother's uh, my my mother's family were all seamen. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it came from a port, of course. Right. And but anyway, I, I preferred the air force, so I I signed on to, to start with for eight years. Um, I, I signed to um, be trained uh, as a uh, as a pilot. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I didn't make the grade mm -hmm. for the pilots. Uh, Training, mm -hmm. but they they trained me as a wireless operator, air gunner, and that took two years of my f early life, so from 1937, and um, 
1939, I was posted out to a squadron and as a, as a wireless operator, air gunner. And um, the next thing I knew, I was in France. So and this was in August 1939, I was in the, the part of France that was in the, <laughs> in the uh, danger part. Right. I was in the uh, in the, um, the, so the in fact I was just short of a place called Sedan, where the Germans broke through. Um, I, I, I won't bother with anything else because uh, it, it was all duty, sure. all uh, and um, whatever I did uh, was was recorded, but. Uh, and I got, I got a medal for the 1939-45 star I got for being in France until June 1940. And then I would managed to get out of France by the skin of my teeth mm -hmm. and the and the blessings of the Royal Navy, who uh, eventually I went right across. I had to walk across France. From the from the Ardennes right across to the west coast at wow. Brest, and I was picked up by a, a naval uh, destroyer, taken to Falmouth in in uh, England, mm -hmm. and then uh, went back to my squadron. But my squadron decided they didn't want me. They were changing aircraft from the old-fashioned things that we were flying in in. Uh, in, in in France, mm -hmm. they were, we were going to a more modern uh, aircraft. Mm -hmm. So they sent me back, ostensibly for a rest. Okay. Uh, and I went as an instructor at uh, Royal Air Force Cranwall, okay. which was um, a, a, a radio school, and I was uh, I had to spend eighteen months there teaching the wireless operators coming from the uh, the um, Canadian training. Okay. They weren't up to high enough scratch for the Air Force squadrons. I see. So we had to bring them up to scratch. Right. And I spent 18 months doing that. And then I went down to, uh, to London to another radio school and uh, 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 <laughs> I had a, a, a peculiar uh, occupation. Well, it was not an occupation. I, I, I was changed from a blue suit to a khaki battle dress. Okay. Yeah. And I had a blue tie. Uh, the, the, uh, yeah, blue tie, blue shirt, and... Uh, khaki battle dress and I was picked up by the military police as being wrongly dressed oh no so they, I spent a couple of days in a in a clink oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah and that, that was because I was they according to them yeah. I was improperly dressed wow. but I wasn't of course right. because I was already posted to a unit, which was a mobile telecommunications unit, mm -hmm. 
Okay. And we were going out for training for uh, ultimate, uh, the, the ultimate uh, uh, invasion into North Africa. Right. Um, well, thereby starts another tale because um, we, the, uh, the, the convoy that we, we, we got split up by submarines and uh, we spent nine weeks on that boat no floating around the southern Atlantic wow. and South Africa yeah. and then eventually uh, arranged, arrived in Cairo and my unit was put to work in the Western Desert. And then we, we, we were all given all sorts of queer duties, mm -hmm. and um, we, we served after the Western Desert. We served in Palestine, or was Palestine then, mm -hmm. as uh, I went from Palestine to Lebanon, Lebanon to Syria, and we spent um, a period of time in Syria because. My unit was supposed to go to Turkey, and we were being infiltrated into Turkey mm -hmm. at night. Mm -hmm. And um, apparently, Churchill had made arrangements with uh, Turkish because they were um, uh, they were neutral. Okay. But anyway, he made an arrangement for them to open bomber bases right. in Turkey. We were supposed to cover the communications for them. Sure. Uh, it all fell through okay. because we couldn't, uh, or Britain couldn't provide the fighter air course, uh, uh, escort to um, cover the, the, the bombers. Right. So that fell through and my unit became useless in, the, in Africa. Okay. So I was then posted to another squadron, which was a Dakota squadron, mm -hmm. and this was in Italy. In Italy. So I, I spent almost 12 months in, in the African area, mm -hmm. and got the African medal right. for that. And then I went over to join this squadron, and I became the um, head of the communications section of a Dakota squadron. And I was uh, responsible to the chief engineer for um, the serviceability of all the radio and uh, radar equipment. And um, we spent, oh, about, I think it was about 18 months in Italy. In Italy. And eventually, all, all in one station, though, okay. I was at... Uh, Station an aero, an old Italian Air Force station called Bari, Bari. and um, we 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 had three flights to the squadron. One flight did servicing to the Eighth Army, mm -hmm. and the other flight was taking uh, food and ammunition to Tito in Yugoslavia, okay. and the other one was taking generals and, and uh, uh, entertainment groups around the Middle East. Right. So we, we just changed around. 
and there were 18 months for that. And then they said, you're going to Burma. Burma, wow. And we thought we were going home because I'd been almost three years abroad. Right. I thought, and I'd, and I'd been married in the meantime. Oh, in the, yeah. How did you meet your I, wife? I left my wife in England, yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh, anyway, she was uh, well occupied in the... Uh, in the NAFI, the Navy Army and Air Force Institute. I see. So she uh, she was well suited. Yeah. And she. Uh, uh, how, how did how did you meet your wife? Sorry. How did you meet your wife? Well, my did, wife. Yeah. Where did you meet her? I met her at Cranwall. Oh, I see. And we, uh, funnily enough, uh, her and her sister mm-hmm. were working in the NAFI canteen okay. at Carmel. That's where I met her. And uh, her sister was with her. Mm-hmm. And her sister was mo- promoted promoted to a, to a manager. Mm-hmm. She went to, an, uh, to a, a Royal Canadian Air Force station. Uh-huh. She met a Canadian Air Force man. Okay. And we all got married together. Excellent. We had a a double wedding, yeah. yes, and uh, he stood as my best man. I stood at his as his best man, That's and fantastic. Uh, that was seventy nine and a half years ago. Wow, seventy nine and a half years ago. Yeah, it, it, it's funny as you're sharing these stories with me, John. Canada comes up a, f- a number of times. And this, now- is, this is where Canada originated. Right. Yes, because uh, uh, when we, I came back from Burma in 1946, and uh, they'd already come back to, to, uh, to Canada mm-hmm. then. I see. So uh, uh, my daughter was born at the end of 46, and uh, and uh, yeah, we, 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 I was posted to the Royal Air Force Station in St. Athens in South Wales. In South Wales. And uh, I, I was there. And then I had a reaction to my Burma effort and resulting in my half my stomach being taken away. Oh my goodness. No yeah, problem. I had hemorrhages. Okay. And the, the Air Force said, sorry, we don't want you anymore. We can't use you. Right. So you'd be too much trouble for us. Yeah. Wow. So I, I, I was, what, 30, 30 odd years? And uh, out. You were out. Out. So I had to find a job. Uh, I did find a good job. I found, uh, in fact... I, I went to work for um, in communications uh, for the English Electric Company, which was a big electrical company. You've probably heard of them. They, Absolutely. They were in Canada as well. Sure. I didn't come to Canada with them, but um, uh, I, I worked for them with them for thirty-five years. Wow. And. Uh, I moved to the Midlands in England, mm-hmm. and uh, I stayed there with them for all that time, yeah. till I 
cut at the age of 65, and they retired me, and I've been retired ever since. Good for you. Um, Good for you. We came to Canada on my mom, my daughter came to Canada with a holiday with us. She took to it. Mm -hmm. She loved it. Mm -hmm. She came here when she finished her training, and she went to Winnipeg and stayed with her auntie there. And uh, she she worked in the Grace Hospital there. Okay. And then she decided to move out to the west, and she came out to to uh, Victoria here. She met her future husband here. Yeah. He was training as a young lieutenant in Esquimalt, and uh, they, they decided to get married, and they've been married 50 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they are used to Canada. We came over for a holiday uh, in 1988, yeah, and I stayed till uh, we couldn't. Oh, we were in Ottawa. Okay, I couldn't stand the climate there, <laughs> so we we went back to England. Okay, uh, that was a coincidence. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, we actually we we were on a on a holiday from from there in Rome, where my son-in-law was posted. Okay, and we. On our way back from from Rome, mm -hmm. we called in England. We saw and bought a house. Okay. <laughs> and then we waited another six months and came back to England. We were back in England in 19, 1992. 92, okay. Uh, we stayed there for seven years, mm -hmm. and then my daughter decided that we were too far apart. We had to come over to Canada again, mm -hmm. so we did, and we've been here since. Wow, oh, that's it's uh, England's loss and Canada's gain, absolutely. So, John, before we continue, um, I, I I skipped you past a little bit of your Burma time. Um, do you mind just sharing a little bit about what the Burma experience was like? Well, in Burma, we were a squadron. And uh, our main job was supplying the army by air. Okay. And um, we had to keep the aircraft flying as much as we possibly could. The army needed food and ammunition every day. Mm -hmm. And there were about, I think there were about six, uh, six Dakota squadrons, British squadrons. There was a couple of uh, American squadrons, and there was a couple of Russian squadrons, right. all supplying army, the army in the dropping stuff in the various parts of the jungle. Right. right. And that's we we just continued and continued, yeah. and um, then the the war finished in Europe, mm -hmm. and we, but we had to go on for another six months in uh, Burma because the Japs didn't decide, didn't, uh, re uh, they didn't uh, uh, surrender right. until uh, August right. 1945. Right, right. 
And I had to wait in my squadron till the Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a certainly a relief mm-hmm. from England, and I landed out then. And um, I went home by air. Okay. Thank well, goodness. Thank goodness, yeah. Yes. <laughs> better, better. I went from Rangoon, uh-huh. 83 degrees, uh-huh. to uh, minus 10 in, in England <laughs> in three days. <laughs> it's a bit of a shock, though, at that time, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I've had a few experiences yes, that yeah. have been funny, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look back on them now and think they're funny. But I don't, I don't think the times were funny. No. Not at all, no. No. We worked hard. We did work hard. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, so, when I came to Canada, I joined the uh, I joined the Burma Star Association. Okay. And uh, I I have a reputation of getting involved in everything. I got awesome. involved in the condo in Beach Drive when I moved moved in there. Uh-huh. I got involved with the with the Burma Stars Association. Right. I came to uh, Carlton House. I got involved in Carlton House. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's it's a testament to uh, to you, number one, and and your approach to life. I think I think it's awesome that you get involved to wherever you are. And um, if you were to share some life lessons with people that are listening. What are some of the things that you would share with with people about um, about service, about honor, integrity? What what could you tell the youth of today from your experiences? Well, my own experiences. I I joined the Air Force. I spent twelve years in the Air Force, and I enjoyed every minute of it. And I would have loved to have served out my time until I was 55. Mm-hmm. But I, I was unfortunate, I, and I had to find another occupation. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, all I can say to people is just stick with things and go, you, go you, you, where your mind takes you. Mm-hmm. And if it... And, and, just keep on going. Mm-hmm. Just don't give up. I love and I've never given up. Good. For and you. I don't intend to give up. Good yet. for you. Good for you. Good for you. I I hope everyone takes away some of those lessons. You know, you are an inspiration to me. I've had the pleasure to see you on television a number of times, and that is uh, the reason I've seen you on television is not because of your age, but it's because of what you are doing. At your age, and, yes, and uh, and I love it. Uh, so, if you don't mind, share with me this current charity effort that you, that you're undertaking. Well, th- this goes back a little while because when I came into Carlton House, I watched a, a, a British program and I saw Sir Thomas More going along his garden with a walker. And he was wearing the Burma Star Medal. And I thought, what he can do, I can do. But I've got to find a, a reason. Right. right. I couldn't match what he did. 
No, we have what we did about, he did about six months until he reached a hundred. A hundred and a hundred left. But then thirty-nine million pounds. Wow! For the national rescue, I thought, well, you know, what can I do to to uh, make a mark of when it's wanted? And I saw some pictures of children mm-hmm. who were not getting water, they were not getting food, they were all over the world. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that was that's a good that's a good charity. Yes. Why not so? I discussed it with one or two people in Carlton House here, mm-hmm. and they were all for it. Excellent. So that's where it started. And away we went. Good. So um, we said, well, we're going for a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. So we'll go for a hundred laps mm-hmm. of the of the uh, courtyard, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll make it a hundred thousand dollars. A goal. A goal of a hundred thousand. Yes, right? that was the goal. Right. Uh, we reached our goal in. Th- 35 days. That's awesome. Yeah. And we um, we were going we were going forever. Yeah. To to reach a 100,000. Instead of that we we reached 169,000. Fantastic. 169,000 so to do the, a 100 laps. Yeah. 169,000. So the children were benefited for that. Absolutely. And then uh, we decided to do it again. Mm-hmm. Not last year, mm-hmm. uh, for, for 101, no, 100, sorry, 101 for the first time. Okay. 102 the second time. Right. But owing to the pandemic and uh, all the other things that went wrong, mm-hmm. we we didn't reach the 100,000. We only reached 40,000. Okay. But it made a total of 214 thousand dollars in two years in two years that's fantastic and so now we're going a third year we're going for a hundred and three thousand this time and i've got a lovely set of accompaniment here with jacqueline and debbie and shelly and and um, all the other people in the in the building, they're all for me. They're I think, all for me. I would say anybody listening to you, I challenge anyone not to be for John. But you know, I think everybody that hears this story would be yes. hopefully inspired. And so what I want now, I my ambition now, is to expand my operations into Europe and England, ah, particularly. Okay. I'm still a Brit. Okay, sure. I'm still a British veteran. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't see why they shouldn't be helping me to reach my target Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. So with their assistance, I'm going to have a go. Good, <laughs> Good for you. So we're going to go for 103,000. Hopefully we'll get more. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll try anyway. Yeah, last year in the pandemic, uh, uh, obviously threw a wrench in the works, but... Um, with things easing up now slowly, uh, I, I, and John, like I mean, 
you look spry to this day. Yeah, if they tell me what is the secret to to your energy, how do you how do you how do you do it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I've been energetic. I've uh, when I was in the air force, I played soccer. I played rugby. I fenced. I fenced for Wales. Wow, cool. Awesome. Uh, yes, which I'm proud of. Yep. I represented my country. Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to represent my country because my my father was a Welsh international rugby player. Okay. Okay. Wow. And so uh, I'm always proud of that. Yeah. So I, but I couldn't reach him in uh, rugby. Mm. No way. He was good. He was good. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you could hold your own, John. <laughs> so I, uh, no, but I've, I, oh, I played golf. Okay. I was managed, I was uh, a member of a golf club in England for 42 years. Uh, I still am a member because I'm a life member. Right. Now. Right. Granted to me by them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I went over from Canada and I represented myself as an ex-president of that golf club. I was invited to go to its 100th birthday Wow! in 2007. Okay, wow. Yeah. Lots so, of, there's lots of hundreds here, you know, and it, it's awesome. So, so but you see, it's, 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 I, I get involved. <laughs> But I, I love it. I, I love doing something. But I, it, ne- it needs to be something useful. Uh, yeah. Not, so, I don't want to be rubbish. Yeah. And that's why I'm anxious now about the uh, journey we're going to make in, in May. In May. Uh, Excellent. So May 20. I've got a great team of people working with me and I couldn't wish for anything better. Well, I think that's sure. part of part of life is having good people yeah. around you and a good team. Um, and for those people that are interested, John, you are approaching 103. I think you've kind of shared the secret to to life already. But for you know, if I were to ask you directly, what is the secret to longevity? How would you how would you answer? No, I've thought about this, and people have asked me this. Sure. And um, I've been, I, I have a birthday coming up and I know that they're arranging a special dinner mm. and I will be asked to give a speech mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm going to make that the theme of my speech oh, when I end the dinner. Right. But there is no secret to my knowledge. Mm. There is no secret that I can put my finger on. Mm-hmm. I have been, I think, one of the luckiest persons ever to live. I, and and I, put it, I put it all down to genes and luck. And luck, yeah. I can't think of anything else well, in my life that's, that would lead to all this. I, if I could, Can, if I could, if... Sorry? If I could offer up an observation, uh, John, that would be um, your outlook. 
I think your outlook, just like you said, you know, you when you were talking about your time serving in World War II, uh, I know you don't really like to talk deeply about it, but you said you had to do what you had to do, you know, and oh yes, yes, and I was I was told what to do. Right, right. I was given instructions. I, I joined the I joined the Air Force, and on joining the Air Force, I accepted the responsibility of doing what I was told, like millions of other people in the services. Absolutely. We all did the same thing. Yeah. And luckily, we came out yes. on the right side. Yes, Yeah. absolutely. We all say we made a contribution. It didn't matter whether how the hazards were or what. We were there and we were doing what we were told to do. So. And I think that's it. There's there's this string of service throughout your life, you know, and and um, I think having a passion or having a goal and just being conscientious, yes, really is yeah. is the trick. That's it. Yeah, Mr. Hillman, it has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you, sir. I I am looking forward to your hundred and third birthday. I'm looking forward to your the challenge that you have ahead. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody step up and make sure we get past the hundred and three thousand dollar mark. Good. And uh, and I will do anything I can to help you, sir. Well, I thank you for your encouragement. Oh. And I'm uh, yes, I'm hoping. Yes, thank we, you very much. We will make it happen. And you, uh, thank you too. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> you got yet 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 yours to come. <laughs> You, you and your team have been fantastic, and, yeah. uh, and I am looking forward to, to I'm looking forward to revisiting this at 104. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> if well, could, I don't know whether my legs will last out that long. <laughs> we'll try. We will try. We'll try. Good. For, yeah. If there's a way to, end, I'm not giving up at 103 if I don't have to. There you go. If there's <laughs> a way to end this chat, that was it. I couldn't do any better. Yeah. Mr. John Hillman. Thank you so much. I, uh, World War II veteran of the Royal Air Force and all around wonderful man. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you Global. very much. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. The views and opinions expressed in this presentation are solely those of the participants. This podcast is copyright and all rights are reserved. No portion may be reproduced or used in any manner without the express written permission of the publisher who can be reached at goboldthepodcast at gmail.com. The music on this podcast is Parasail by Silent Partner. <laughs>